You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. Today, I want to talk about a question that's come up on multiple occasions, and it's been tricky for us at NASM because of of this question and it's not it's not a deep question it doesn't ask a hard question but the question was during one of the the live podcast at optima that i did a round table with the hosts of podcasts so it was me and wendy bats and marty miller and ken miller and angie miller so if your name is miller you work at nasm you get a podcast so with that said, um, it was me, Wendy Bats, and the Millers all hanging out together, and we had questions, and questions would pop up, and I moderated it, so I came into one of the questions, and it was a question about programming, and she just said, I've, I've been a CPT for a while, I haven't trained anybody because I'm not comfortable programming, I don't know how to program, and this is interesting because one of the things that we see in the industry is that you spend all of this time reading your NASM content and maybe doing coursework and doing supplemental material and following a study guide and maybe even listening to the podcast that took place over the summer where I did about 10 to 12 episodes on the CPT-7, like the review of getting the, the all the content for you to get your certified personal trainer through NASM. And and the we get a question about like the issue is once you go through all of this education and you take the test and you pass the test and then you go to the gym and we miss seeing the programming that we talked about during the the study. So where is whether or not like a specific and very dogmatic OPT model, I don't think that's really what we're talking about, but people following the model, a model of progression, a model of periodization, whether that is linear or undulating, or is it just a bunch of exercises? And I think like that's fun to do from time to time. Like here's just a bunch of fun exercises that you like, that I like watching you do. I know that we're helping you to sweat and get your goals, but what are your real outcomes? What are you training for? Are you training or are you just working out? And one of the questions that was asked is, you know, I've been a trainer for a couple of years. I haven't trained anybody because I don't know how to program. And for us, that's difficult to answer because we spend so much time talking about the OPT model, which is a means of how to program. So where's the disconnect? And Truth, truth be told, I don't know. I don't know where the disconnect is. And I know that I've been in that position before as a young trainer or a new trainer. And I didn't know what I was doing. And I'd taken my NASM and I was still just having people uh, slam medicine balls on the ground because it was fun. But I didn't know like what are the outcomes that I'm trying to get from that. It was just a workout. So, you know, I, I actually was putting something together. If you listened recently, I did uh, one on pneumatic compression and I was like, I want to, I'm doing one on percussive um, devices like the Hypervolt and Theragun and things like that. And so I'm pulling up a lot of research, but this question came up again. I was a guest on someone's podcast and the question came up about programming and where's the disconnect from education to application. 
And I thought, man, I just did all this study on percussion and trying to pull up research articles about percussion. And I'm going to bypass that because I'm feeling, I got the, I'm all in my feels today with this question. Why is it so hard to program? And I'm not sure I know 100% except for this. If you've never been trained like yourself in your workout programs to do a program, right? So your exercise routines, if you've never followed a training program, a systematic training protocol, then it's going to be wildly difficult for you to put one together if you've never trained that way. So the first thing that I encourage you to do is practice writing programs, not even practice doing them, practice writing programs. And I do not care if you practice writing programs uh, and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's okay. Don't know what you're doing, but just follow the basics here. So the, the components of a workout that NASM has warm up, core balance, plyometric resistance training, cool down. That's it. What's your warm up? And that could be foam rolling. That could be dynamic stretching, could be static stretching. If uh, your clients are, are super tight, it can be um, mobility exercises, but then your foam rolling, your stretch, and then core exercises. Well, what if I do the wrong core exercises? Don't think about that right now. Just think about getting core exercise, do a balance exercise, do a plyometric exercise, write it down. You want to do speed, agility, and quickness, write it down, and then get to your resistance training, and then pick an exercise for every major body part. And if you want to pick a very integrated exercise, like a squat, curl, overhead press, do that. Just write it down. Practice writing it down. Once you practice writing it down, go do it. Go write your program, not necessarily for yourself in mind, but writing it down, knowing that you're going to be doing this program is important. And then go practice the program. And what you might find is that putting the program together, like you did it and then it was 15 minutes long and you're like, oh my gosh, I did this work and now it's only 15 minutes long. Okay. So now what, what can you add to it? What did you do that maybe didn't work for you? So for your own programming, you'd be like, I'm going to take that out. Just remember that some of the things too, there they might be things that you don't like and you won't program for you, but they may be necessary for your clients. So just because you don't like them doesn't mean that other people shouldn't do them. But if you do it with a client and you find out that there's one thing that your clients just hate, they just hate this exercise, you should probably take it out. Like we don't need to be bringing our clients in and say, hey, I know this is, you hate this, but uh, if you don't do it with me, you'll never do it. So let's get it done. Uh, and that might be something that you can remove from the program. I had a had a client, I do a, a medicine ball warm up. It's just, and they're nice to hold and they're just a dynamic movement warm up while holding a medicine ball. And one of my clients just said, I hate this so much. And I was like, why? Like I was almost offended because it was such a good warm up, and he was like, "I don't know why, I can't explain it, I just hate it." And I was like, "We will never do it again. We don't have to do this exercise. Like, there, there are hundreds of ways to warm you up. This is just a good one, and I want to do it, but we will never do it again. Why? 
because if that keeps you from looking forward to seeing me because you know that there is a two-minute drill that I want you to do that's going to ruin your day leading up to our training session, and then you won't feel good until after it's over and you won't have to do it until I see you again, that doesn't need to be on the list. That should be straight off the docket. Well, Rick, what about programming and training? Um, I, I think this. Let's just go back to your components of a workout, your warm-up, core, balance, plyometric, SAQ, and then your resistance training. And your resistance training, you can do core, uh, more core work, like, like asymmetrically loaded things. You can push, you can pull, you can squat, you can hinge, you can rotate, you can anti-rotate. All of these options, every major muscle group, so total body, chest, back, shoulders, legs, and then what? Do it again. Cycle it. Cycle it. Let's put together a couple of circuits. So when I put together circuits, I might have five exercises. So circuit one, A, B, C, D, E. Circuit two, A, B, C, D, E. So it's one A, one B, one C, one D, one E. That's how I write it out because that's my first circuit. And then my second circuit, two A, two B, two C, two D, two E. Uh, sometimes I will um, put together one circuit and then the second circuit will be very similar but a little bit different. So it's almost the same circuit, but just small things change. So for instance, um, I might be doing a push-up for a pushing exercise. And the second time around, I might be doing a single arm dumbbell chest press that you do on both sides to make it a core exercise still, but also doing a pushing exercise. These are just interesting ways to program. But if you're looking at it and you're saying, well, what? I, I'm afraid to program because I don't know what I'm doing. That's okay. You definitely will not learn anything by not doing anything. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad for doing that because I know that you're stuck and you're paralyzed. I'm just saying, trying to give you the, uh, empower you to not feel paralyzed, to move, just to put together a program that you like. And then say, I like these exercises. And that's not a program. That's just a bunch of exercises you like. And then go back to the OPT model and say, all right, well, where might that fit in in the model? So find things that you like. Because uh, the ultimately what we're trying to do is not come up with a bunch of exercises, but to put exercises together in a program that we can progress somebody with, that we can move them from a stabilization endurance to a strength endurance, to a muscular development, to a max strength, to a power, if these are goals that they're looking to achieve. Are there wrong ways to train people? I, and I think wrong ways exist. Are there better ways to train people? I do believe that there are better ways. I think the OPT model is one of the, the most wonderful tools at your disposal and that it should be utilized. Sometimes we get af uh, afraid of that. We get afraid of it because we don't know what to do. And so um, you've heard me say this on the podcast before, a little bit of something's better than a whole lot of nothing. So if you don't know what you're doing, do something. And if you don't know how to do something, just guess. Like go through and you know the OPT model is going to say, all right, well, all right, am I supposed to stand on one leg? Am I supposed to? No, no, you're not. No, you're not. Don't feel... Uh, obligated 
that this is the one leg or the single leg or the one arm or the asymmetrically loaded or any other thing. Like just instead of doing um, uh, a balance or a, a, an imbalance, right? So I'm trying to do something on a single leg or load one side versus the other. Just do lighter weights, higher reps, and work till near failure. I say, okay, well, what did you do? I did push-ups until I couldn't do any push-ups anymore. And you go, okay. Or until my form got really bad. And then me as a trainer, I, I stopped or I made my client stop. Cool. Write that number down. What else? Well, I wanted to do bodyweight rows. So we put a bar up on a squat rack and we did bodyweight rows. All right. That's not a one leg or a one arm or this kind of business. It It's just working out at a slow tempo with high repetitions and controlling your movement. And that's all you need to do right now. And as you get more comfortable, as you feel more comfortable with working with clients and with implementing training and with doing it yourself, the more comfortable you will be to expand on what you're doing. But expand Expanding on nothing. When you multiply something by some by nothing, you get nothing. So something. There cannot be zeros in this program. There cannot be, I don't program anything. Yeah. I'm encouraging to move fo forward and not seek perfection. You don't have to seek perfection. But if you are one of those people that don't know how to program, just pick your warm-up. And then core and cardio, any cardio you can put in there at any time in any place, just at the end of a circuit. Sometimes I just add three minutes of cardio and I might do, okay, 30 seconds on 30 seconds off for three minutes. And that means that you're going to have three 30 second cardio blasts and then you take a break and then we're going to go into the next circuit. And then I might do a different exercise and move into the next circuit. Or I might have you do cardio at the beginning or just your circuit training is your cardio doesn't matter. I mean, it matters, but it doesn't, you know what I mean? Um, as you put together your program, it matters because you understand how to make something better based on outcomes, based on what we know in the science and the research, but also based on who your client is and what they're okay with doing. And Finding a training style that you're comfortable with has to be prioritized as well. That's why I like the OPT model. Listen, you know, I've gone back to school multiple times. I still use OPT model as my base. And I learned the OPT model long before I ever got a degree in the field. But it's still my base. Why? Because it's so good. And it's simple. And by simple, I don't mean to demean anybody who's like, you say it's simple, but I don't know how to do it. Um, these are the steps to doing it is one, write down a program, look at a program, look at some of the sample programs that are in the book and practice them, but then stop trying to find the perfect program for everybody. If that's keeping you from working, find something that you can do that your clients can also do, right? Something that you can put together that your clients can perform that's safe, effective, and efficient. They can do well. They're good, doing good form, work with them. What about foam rolling this? I'm not real comfortable. Overhead squat, feet turn out. Just 
do the best you can with what you have and try to implement it and learn. You know how many times I talk to personal trainers that are veteran trainers that have been in the industry for a while that say, I wish I could go back and apologize to my clients that I trained early on. Why? Because we've learned so much since then that we feel like we did a disservice. But if you talk to our clients back in the day, they were like, no, I love training with you. I loved what we did. And that's good too. That's good too. Stop seeking perfection. You don't need perfection. You need to develop. And the only way you're going to develop is by starting. And the only way you're going to start doing is by preparing. So writing out programs, programs that you would like to do, that you would like to see your clients do, that follow, like just real simple, warm-up, core, balance, reactive, optional, of course, um, SAQ, optional, and then doing some resistance training, total body work. You can do split routines. I know, Rick, I can do split routines. Look, so one time... I went to I went with my my parents and my family and we we're going to go to the beach, and he said my dad goes let's go to Kmart and get straw hats to wear on the beach, and so we all went and they I don't I've never seen this but there were so many straw hats I've never seen so many straw hats in my life, and do you know it took us the Richie family family of five mom and dad me and my two brothers forever to pick a hat. And my dad goes, enough already. He goes, if all they had here were four hats, uh, four different types of hats, our shopping would have been over, right? There's so many options that you don't know what to pick. And I think that's what the OPT model is. There's so many options that you don't know what to pick. So constrain yourself. You find your constraints. Out of these four hats, out of these four chest exercises, what are we going to do today? Because your client's not going to be like, hey, four workouts ago, didn't we do this exact same exercise for our chest? And if they do do that, you say, yeah. How are you going to get better at it if you don't do it over and over again? Yeah, that's what we did for our chest. In fact, we might do it again tomorrow or the next day when I see you instead of waiting a few weeks because I want you to get better at it. You don't need tons of variety. In fact, a routine is a routine because it's something that gets done more than once. So when you get the trainers that are like, oh, I never do the same thing twice. I'm so creative. I'm so creative. I mean, that's good that you're creative, but it may not be good for your clients that they don't ever do the same thing twice. You're not going to get better at it if you don't practice it and develop a routine with it. All right. I don't know. Why is it so challenging sometimes to put together programs? I don't know. Why is it so challenging sometimes to learn the information and then apply the information? I think that's a I think that's simply a challenge no matter what because it's easy to fall back into things that I already do so I can learn better but I don't necessarily do better because doing better is the challenge not the learning. Learning's not the challenge. The challenge is learning and then changing behavior. And we do that in the fitness industry too. We do that. We go to these workshops and we say, oh man, this is so very cool. And like Monday after a conference or a workshop, you are straight up busting people out on boom, boom, we're going to do this. And this kettlebell workshop, I learned this and this. Three weeks later, kettlebell workshop stuff you may never see again that person do because it's so easy to fall back into things that we do. 
So put together a program and realize that almost any exercise that exists can be a good exercise, depending on your clients, depending on the exercise, depending on the outcome, as long as it's programmed well, as long as it's performed and programmed well. All right. With that said, I want to say thank you for, for listening to me because today, like I had so many things set up for a different topic, but moved to have this conversation to, to speak on this particular topic today. Anyway, with that said, thank you so much for listening. You got questions for me. You want me to have somebody on the show, then hit me up, send me a DM at dr.rickritchie on Instagram, or you can email me rick.richie at nasm.org. Uh, uh, be sure to like and subscribe and send this to others and make sure that we're expanding our network when it comes to getting people listening to the podcast and receiving content on a weekly basis. In fact, bi-weekly because we do two podcasts a week now for the NASM CPT podcast. And then also a special shout out to my friends that also host podcasts on the NASM podcast network. So there's Strong Body, Strong Mind with Angie Miller. There's the Master Instructor Roundtable with Marty Miller and Wendy Batts. And then there's Random Fit with Wendy Batts and Ken Miller that talk about the most random things in fitness. And it's pretty fun to listen to. All right. With that being said, thank you so much for your time. This has been the NASM CPT podcast.